Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. It is literally the calm before the storm. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, if you look outside now, you go, oh, what's the big deal? Nothing to see here. It's 34 degrees outside. It looks kind of pleasant. The forecasts say that that is going to change dramatically. Here is my question for you. Do you believe the hype? Are you changing your plans for later on tonight and tomorrow, 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How much faith do you have in these forecasts? And I'm looking at the forecast from today's TMJ4 here, and it it looks like, if you believe this, we're going to get whumped by a, a nasty, relatively fast-moving storm. They're saying tonight between eight and there, there are now it's not storm watches that are out anymore it's winter storm warnings for pretty much our entire listening area they're saying starting this evening around eight o'clock at night we're going to get snow two to four inches but mixed in with the snow and here's the really treacherous stuff they're talking about ice anywhere from a quarter inch to a half inch of ice which of course causes yeah, it, that, that, that's where you have all sorts of problems. We go, that's where you get like the power lines that come down and you get the roads that get incredibly slippery. So then from 4 a.m. until 2 p.m., all right, the, the snow is going to slow down. They're saying only about like an inch of snow during that period, but it's going to be windy, 20, 30 miles an hour, so lots of blowing. And then tomorrow afternoon, starting about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, running until midnight, They're saying blizzard conditions, another two, four, five inches of snow, but winds 30 to 45 miles an hour. So they're they're saying, look, travel is going to be dangerous. Then after about midnight, it kind of moves out light snow, but still windy and then pretty much over, I think, by early Sunday morning. But it looks like we've got an incredible mess going on, at least for the next I don't know, starting tonight, that 24 to 36 hours from this evening, running, you know, through early Sunday morning, looks like it's going to be a mess. Now, I understand that we are, here in Wisconsin, we're tough. I also give credit to the road crews. I think that we do winter well. But given this forecast... What you're going to see on television tonight is you're going to see, I don't know, people running to get their roads, their salt for their driveways. You're going to see people running to make sure they have gas for their, you know, snow blowers. You're going to have, my guess is, a bit of a run on convenience stores and hardware stores and things like that as people, you know, hunker down. All right. Are you changing your plans for at least the first part of this weekend? Tonight, and pretty much all day tomorrow. Tomorrow's when it really looks like it gets bad. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Bob in Greenfield. Bob, you're first. Hello. 
Hi. How are you doing today, Jeff? Real well, thank you. Okay, uh, are you going to change your plans? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, we go to church. We live in Greenfield. We go to church in Menominee Falls, and I was going to be serving tomorrow, and I called them and said, look, if this storm hits, I'm not going to be there. And they even said, if the storm hits, they may even cancel right. the service. So, well, you yeah. know, nobody's nobody's going to be stupid about it. Well, I, I certainly, I mean, I certainly hope not, you know, because, again, I, I, I understand it's winter. I understand that we get snow. I understand that it's something that you have to live with. But I'm looking at these predictions, you know, a quarter inch to a half inch of ice, 35 mile an hour winds and, you know, a bunch of snow. That is just a recipe for disaster on the roads. And, and it's not it's not like we're saying hunker down for an entire, you know, week or something. I'm planning on going to the Packers game on Sunday. But Saturday, I, I think I'm planning to stay home <laughs> if, if at all possible. No, I agree with you 100 uh, percent. I mean, what, what's the point of going out in some? It's a blizzard. Well, well it, it's, exactly. No, I mean, right. And, and no, look, I, I understand there's some people, if you're an emergency worker, you got to be out in those types of things. But there, there are just occasions. And this isn't this isn't me. I don't think being a weather weenie or something like that. But there, there's all right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to live my life. And then there's let, let's be stupid about it. And I don't know if it's true that you've got 35 mile an hour winds at eight o'clock tomorrow night and you've got, I don't know, several inches of snow on the ground and more that's coming. And you've got an ice on the roadways. Why, unless you absolutely have to go out. Why in the world would you go out? Now, when we see these things about people making, you know, runs at the grocery store for, you know, just to stock up on provisions, that to me is like, look, this this whole thing is going to be 24 to 36 hours, okay? It's it's not like you're going to be trapped inside your house for a, a week. So you don't necessarily have to buy all the bread in the store, but but be smart about it. Let's talk to Lucas. Lucas, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you think? I I unfortunately have to cancel my daughter's first birthday party this weekend. Just, were, you, were you going to do it on Saturday? Yeah, we're going to do it on Saturday. And uh, my wife had, had made all these sugar cookies and sent invitations out before Christmas. And it's just too risky with people coming from out of state. And I just don't want to take that chance. Well, yeah, that I mean, I guess th- that's the thing. I mean, I know a couple people who were, were having parties Saturday night, and they're already saying, okay, well, you know, we, we don't we don't want to be weather weenies, but at the same time, you, you don't want to put the guests in danger by having them drive. And then, you know, what happens? People get stuck at the house, and it looks like it's going to be a bad thing. And it's if you don't have to go out, why would you go out? <laughs> I guess that's the, that's oh, the absolutely. idea. Oh, absolutely. Right. And you know what? If it turns out, Lucas, that people cancel their plans and th- this doesn't look like it's going to be what they call a bust forecast. It, it looks like we're, we're going to get hit like this. But you know what? If people cancel their plans and it turns out that the weather doesn't turn as bad as it is, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain about that. This is really one of those cases where I think it's better safe to better safe than sorry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. And, you know, 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And, and again, as, as somebody who's had tickets for the, the Packers game on Sunday, I, I've been watching this for, for a week, and, you know, the long-range forecasts initially were, hey, everything's going to be okay. That forecast has been changing, and, and, you know, luckily, at least for those of us who are 
you know, fortunate enough to have tickets and are going up to the game, at least, I mean, it, it, is there going to be snow in Green Bay and is there going to be snow at Lambeau Field on Sunday? Yeah, there's going to be snow, but it looks like from a travel perspective that this pretty much is going to be out of the area, giving the road crews a chance to catch up. I Look, I'm not encouraging people to not live their lives, but at the same time, I, I think there's occasions where you have to be smart. My wife said to me, we're going to go out to dinner tonight because I'm a fish fry guy. And I said, well, you know, maybe if we're going to do it, Let's let's do it early, you know, because I, I don't want to necessarily be messing around if if it's in fact we, we do get freezing rain and ice because that's not how I want to start my weekend. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Robert in Grafton. Robert, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well, thank well, you. I, I'm already canceling my plans. Uh supposed to be leaving for Orlando tomorrow morning at 10 to 8. Okay. And I told my, I told my wife, I said, don't even bother getting ready because I think we're not going. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting that you would say this because um, I was talking to somebody this morning who had people coming in, one from New York, one from Texas. They were going to fly in to go to the Packers game. And apparently this bad weather is all throughout the country. Already, I guess Dallas is getting ice storms, so the flights from Dallas, they haven't been canceled, but they think they are. The flight from New York to Milwaukee, he was telling me, it's it's been canceled. I, I, I think... I think for <laughs> you're you're on you're on top of something because for the next day or so, I think air travel around a good portion of this country is going to be a complete mess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, then one more thing, I just want to say real quick. Uh, that Leonard Skinner song I called the other day about Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. And the first lyrics of that song is "Turn it up." Turn it up. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Turn it up. See, that's a good way to spend like a, like a Saturday. You know, you, you, you hunker down, you know, you turn on the television set. Maybe you watch some football. You spend some quality time with the people that are important to you, and you just kind of wait this thing out. That's not a bad way to approach things. Let's talk to Dennis. Dennis, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Hi, Jeff. Dennis. Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> I am not going to be able to change my plans because all of my customers are going to want their Saturday morning and Sunday morning papers. <laughs> yeah, so you 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 got to be out. That's you're you're kind of in that category of like the. Um, it's not a, you're not an emergency worker, but you got to get out and deliver those papers, huh? Exactly right. And if you don't show up, guess what? You lose your route. So well, we're kind of caught. Right. So people people are and people aren't going to does he. It, I got to tell you, Dennis. Okay, I, I have I have a couple. I have the New York, the Sunday New York Times delivered to my house. Sure. If, if on Sunday sure. morning, okay, that paper isn't there when it normally is, I'm cutting the delivery guy some slack because I wouldn't want to be out and on the I road. I appreciate that. I, <laughs> most of my customers are in the same you know camp as you are, and I really do appreciate that. But some uh, aren't. Not huh? all of them, though. <laughs> see, I mean, no. so, some aren't. No, I, see, I, I, that's thanks. That, that's I mean, it's kind of like okay, that that raises an interesting point. It. it I, I remember last year in, in the area where I live, there's a survey. I, I live in a condo, so they hire people to come and, you know, plow the streets and to plow the driveways and things like that. And <clears throat> they, they do a pretty good job of it. But every once in a while, when you get, you know, some of this prolonged winter weather where there's the long snowstorms and things like that, they end up falling behind. Most of us understand that. Every once in a while, though, there's that one person who's just upside. They, they didn't get back and plow my driveway for the third time and is in, a, in, in a timely manner. And it's just like, oh, 
they have all these places. They just flat out fell behind. So uh, let's do Dennis a favor and let's say if this storm does hit like it's supposed to and you go out to your mailbox tomorrow morning if we've gotten ice or um, Sunday morning if we've gotten all this snow and your paper's not there and you might have to wait a little bit, let's cut Dennis and his companions a break. Is that too much to ask? No, as for me... Yeah, I'm 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 hunkering in. My wife has some plans this weekend. I'm still waiting to see if she's full speed ahead on those, but I, I'm hoping cooler heads are going to prevail on this one. It's twelve twenty. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Getting a couple texts from people saying it's Wisconsin. It, it's going to snow. You you can't stop living, and I, I'm not suggesting that anybody <clears throat> stop stop living and i'm not suggesting that people don't live lives but at the same time it's like oh hey there's a hurricane that's coming let's just plan on business as usual no when you get one of these forecasts that appears that all the models are saying that over the course of the next you know 48 hours it's going to be treacherous weather i don't think it's I don't think it's not living your life if you say, you know what, maybe if I if I don't have to go out on ice-covered roadways and I don't have to drive around when there's blowing snow and 40-mile-an-hour winds, maybe, maybe it's just kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, maybe it's the smart thing to do. So whatever, just be smart this weekend. Speaking of being smart, there, there's an interesting story in the Wall Street Journal. We, we've talked a lot over the last several months about the, the scooters that have been delivered to a number of communities. Milwaukee got got a couple of different forms of scooters, you know, this summer. Now they, they've, all the companies have pulled the scooters out because, of course, it's, it's winter and people aren't going to be riding the scooters. And there's a question about, you know, are the scooters going to be coming back? Interesting story. And, and this makes a, a point that I've been making all along. If, if certain scooters don't come back to Milwaukee, it might not be because Milwaukee doesn't let them. It might be because the scooter companies have gone under. Um, for example, story today, Lime Scooter, and we had a bunch of Lime Scooters. Those were the Lime Green Scooters that were there. Lime Scooter is already, they've just announced they're laying off 14% of their workforce and they're pulling out of a dozen markets in the U.S. Now, so far, they're not talking about Milwaukee, but in the U.S., they're going to exit from Atlanta, Phoenix, San Diego, and San Antonio. And so as a result of this, they're going to end up laying off about 100 employees, and there's more cities on the way. Now, what? why are they doing this? It's because the business model isn't working in a lot of these cities they're doing it in st louis i guess they're already out of st louis they're they're not making money like they thought they were going to make now why why is this well part of it has to do with the demand but the biggest thing has to do with the costs that are associated with running this program and this is the point that i've been making for for the longest time the idea behind these scooters is that Okay, somebody rides them, and then you you know you you leave them um, up against a wall or on the sidewalk, and then somebody else downloads the app and you find them. And what they do is then at the end of the night, you have somebody that comes around and gathers a whole bunch of the scooters and recharges them and puts them out for the next day. One of the big problems these scooter companies are finding, and and it shouldn't be a surprise, is that the these scooters don't have anywhere near as long a shelf life as they thought they would. Why? Well, because, I don't know, you treat a rental car 
differently than you treat your own car. You treat a hotel room differently than you treat, I don't know, the room in your own house. And what they're finding is that they originally, maybe they thought a scooter was going to be able to last three months. Well, in the real world, when you put it out on the street, because people just bash the heck out of it, they ride it hard, what they're finding is that these things are, you know, maybe if they thought they were going to last three months, they actually only last three weeks. And so you have to constantly replace these scooters more and more, and that, of course, cuts into your profit. So Lime is struggling already financially. This was a great idea. A lot of people thought, oh, this is going to be super. And even if you can get past some of the problems about people driving them crazy and driving them on sidewalks and things like that, the underlying business model is becoming more, it's becoming more and more apparent that at least for some of these companies in some of these major cities, the underlying business model just doesn't make any sense. So if the scooters disappear, don't be surprised. It might not be because the city doesn't want them. It just might be because the companies can't figure out how to make money on them, which is not necessarily surprising when you think of it. Back with much more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Milwaukee's new crime numbers are out, and, and they paint an interesting picture. We're going to talk about that. Plus, all right. If you get caught drunk driving after seven times, how much jail time should you serve? We're going to talk about all that in just a couple moments. So, very glad to hear, have you with us, calm before the storm. All right, here's the deal. Wisconsin has a law. The law says that if you are convicted of your seventh offense drunk driving, there is a mandatory minimum sentence of three years that has to be imposed. Now, keep in mind, you got to work to get seven drunk driving convictions. I mean, we, we all understand, no matter how good law enforcement is, they, they don't catch people the first time you drive drunk. And, you know, you, you could figure it out, but chances are, if you, if, if you get caught driving drunk, well, you, you probably done it 10, 20, 30 times before you've been caught. So imagine the number of times that you have to drive drunk to get caught and convicted seven times. In addition... I've always made this argument that I think, you know, you can understand how people can make mistakes. And whenever I say this, sometimes people get all upset. Oh, it's, you know, drunk driving's not a mistake. But I understand how somebody can have too many beers at the fish fry or, or whatever. But, but, but that's one. And that's the argument perhaps against criminalizing first offense drunk driving, that people can make mistakes and, you know, you, you want them to pay consequences, but you don't necessarily need the, the conviction. All right, that, that's at least the argument. But, but whatever argument you can have for that first-time drunk driver, it goes out the window by the time the second time rolls around and certainly by the time the third time rolls around. Because after you've, after you've done it over and over and over again, it's indicative to me of the fact that you just don't care. And I don't buy this idea that, well, you know, people have drinking problems, so that should be an excuse. Well, yeah, okay, maybe you've got a drinking problem, but that doesn't mean you then have to make the next step and and get behind the wheel of a car when you're liquored up. So anyhow, in Wisconsin, we say mandatory minimum penalty, 
three years in prison upon your seventh drunk driving conviction. Right? There is there's another statute that, that's out there. And and what this statute says is it says that okay, if you're a drunk driver, you get convicted of drunk driving, they have this thing that they do in the prisons that it's a twelve week intense substance abuse program. Uh, and this substance it's called earned release program. And the way this works is if you, you know, you're sentenced to prison, you're in prison, you're in jail, you complete this program and you're eligible then to be released. They release you from jail and then you're placed on community supervision. In other words, you, you go back on the community into the community on some form of probation or whatever. So Here's what happens. You got a 57-year-old guy. His name is Jack Gramza of Oak Creek. Last March, he pleads guilty to operating while intoxicated. Seventh offense. Gets the mandatory minimum three years in prison. All right, fine. Well, somehow, he is able to qualify after only a couple months in prison for getting into this earned release program. Normally... You have inmates that have to wait months and months and months to get into this. But this guy somehow gets into this after he's only been in prison for a couple months. He goes through the 12-week session. And then he comes out and he says, okay, I know I have this three-year mandatory minimum penalty, but I've just completed this this 12-week class, and, and now the law says I have to be released into the community on probation. Let me out of prison. So you have this legal issue about how does this all work out? You've got the one on the one hand, you've got the law that says seventh time drunk drivers, three years in prison. Then you've got this other law that says, okay, if you complete this particular program, you can get out in, you know, if you complete this program, you can get out right away. There, the Judge David Borowski, Milwaukee County Judge David Borowski, j- just heard this case, and he's just issued this ruling where he says, I'm not letting this guy out of jail. Now, interestingly, state of Wisconsin and his attorney, they all took the position that, no, this is this is how it works. You've got this mandatory minimum penalty, but since he completed this, this 12-week thing, he's entitled to be released. Interestingly, Judge Borowski looked at this and said, no, th- this can't be, I don't think this is a right interpretation of the law. The legislature said drunk drivers should go into prison for three years. And I don't think that this, this other law that says if you complete this, I don't know, substance abuse thing that you get out right away, I don't think that should be able to trump the mandatory minimum penalty. That's the legal issue. And the judge, Judge Borowski, let me put it like this. I, I don't know the nuances of the law enough to offer a comment, and I, I don't know if legally he's right. But, but boy, it seems to me as a practical matter, he is certainly right. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think... And if the legislature needs to clear this up, the legislature should clear this up. But I think by the time you have amassed your seventh, seventh conviction for drunk driving, 
you should be serving at least three years in prison, and you shouldn't have the option of getting out early because you have taken a substance abuse program. I'm not down on this program. Okay, Maybe it's the greatest thing in the world, and maybe it's appropriate for some offenders. But by the time you have amassed seven drunk driving convictions, if for the sake of punishment, nothing else, you belong behind bars, and in my opinion, you belong bar- behind bars for at least three years. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I don't want to talk about whether the judge is right in his legal interpretation. Other courts are going to decide it. But in my opinion, to let a seventh-time drunk driver out of prison early because they took a substance abuse program I think that would be appalling. Let's start with Scott. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Um, good afternoon, Jeff. Um, I, I know about this situation in, in depth, whatever, because I have a brother who was convicted of his seventh OWI roughly about a year ago, about this time of year. And he was convicted in Racine County, whatever, to, to four years of whatever, of incarceration. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that sentence, his attorney tried arguing whatever for a rehabilitation component, whatever, using the right. same argument. And the judge at sentencing basically came out and told my brother, whatever, that you've had, you've had plenty of opportunities to go through all the rehab classes and programs that the state of Wisconsin offers, and you've continued whatever to not um, abide by them, whatever. Right. So this, the purpose of this sentence, whatever, is a punishment sentence. And I felt, being his brother, whatever, that after that based on the circumstances of the case and, per, and, and past incarceration for the same issue, that four years was more, was more, was more, than, was more than appropriate. Right. So now that he's in prison, whatever, he's trying to argue whatever for the same program that you're speaking about. Right, so he whatever can get out early, yep. I want to so he can get out, yeah, he wants to go, so whatever, well, the state has put its rehab program, whatever, on hold until until June of this, until June, uh, until June of this year. Right. So he's like, well, why am I not getting into this program because this other guy would have gotten into it? Right. Yeah, exactly. I, that's one of the big questions is how a seven, where lots of inmates have to wait months and months and months and sometimes years to get into this, why the seven-time drunk driver was somehow able to get into this program after only being in prison a couple months. That That's a whole other question. But, the, I mean, the bottom line is, to the same to the same point that the, the judge was making with regard to your brother, here you have somebody who's had all sorts of chances to straighten up, to get a handle on whatever the demons that they're are and he's failed over and over again at a certain point in time you say enough is enough not here we're going to give you another alcohol treatment program turn you loose so you can go back get drunk and get behind the wheel of a car again no thanks yeah, so- yeah. i mean i would say just that it's a sad situation yeah that this ha- that this happens to my brother because he is a very intelligent person hardworking. i mean when he gets out of prison in the past he has no problem getting jobs yeah. no problem whatsoever getting, getting good paying jobs but he has this alcoholism demon whatever in him whatever that he just can't you just can't pick. Yeah, you just and, can't beat. And, and and Scott, and look, and we all we all hope that that there's not a repeat. I mean, I hope these programs end up working. I mean, and that's why I'm not knocking this particular program, and I'm not even knocking the concept that with certain drunk drivers, 
I'm not even knocking the concept of maybe if you take this intensive program, okay, maybe you can you can earn your release early. I, I don't I don't have a problem intellectually with it. I have a problem though when you apply it to somebody who's been convicted seven times, and a statute says you've got to spend at least three years behind bars. That's where I think the issue, at least in my mind, occurs. Let's talk to Eddie. Eddie, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. How you doing, Jeff? Happy New Year. Same to you, sir. Um, I cannot believe the number is as high as seven. I would think that it would be like three, you know? I mean, if you haven't figured out that the first couple times that drinking and driving is a problem, why are we giving it seven? I mean, you don't get that many chances in Russian roulette, for God's sake. Well, yeah, I mean, that's it, right. You know, it's, you know, if we were talking about, I, I don't know, maybe three or four or something like that. And I know even when we say that, people like that they roll their eyes. But if we were talking about, okay, you, you've been sentenced after your third, can you take this program and maybe knock some time off? Maybe that's a discussion you have. But I'm with you. Sure. After after seven, I mean, for God's seven sake. Seven is out of control. I just think that really, you know, there, and there, there are programs, I mean, even after the first couple, they make you take some programs or whatever. But, I mean, obviously, if you've gotten to the third, fourth, fifth, you have a serious issue. You should not be behind the wheel. That's just my thinking. Well, no, I see. No, I'm with you. No, thanks for the call. And if you keep getting behind the wheel of a car, if you're unable to stop driving after you've been drinking, I mean, see, it's one thing to have an alcohol problem. And I understand that, that that there's there's all sorts of demons that people face, and I understand that you've got you know people with substance abuse problems and all, but but. It's one thing to decide I'm going to drink myself to death. It's another thing to say I'm going to get myself liquored up time after time after time and I'm going to get behind the wheel of the car because at that point in time, your decision to drink yourself to death becomes everybody else's problem because it could be me on the roadway, it could be my wife, it could be you know my stepchildren, it could be my grandchildren, all those people that are on the roads. That's the factor. I, I don't know legally whether Judge Borowski is ultimately going to be determined to be correct in his interpretation of the law here. I hope he is, because his interpretation certainly makes sense. This is Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. All right. There's there's always a tension between the First Amendment and the freedom that people have to speak their minds and, well, the reality that when you speak your mind, what will happen from time to time is, well, uh, occasionally, you know, you, you can cause problems for your employer. Story from Babson College. Maybe you've never heard of Babson College. Babson College, private school in Wellesley, Massachusetts. All right, so here, here's what happens. Guy is a professor at Babson College. And this is a private university, not a public one. And what he does is he takes to Facebook. And, and normally, all right, there, it, there's people that use Facebook for, let's, let's keep up and let's see what my friends are doing and let's see what the kids are doing and all those things. And then there's people that use Facebook to make statements about politics and things of the like. He goes on Facebook and he decides to offer his thoughts on U.S. Iraqi policy. Now, remember a couple days ago, President Trump said, hey, you know, if Iraq, if, if Iran escalates 
you know, this tensions that's going on, we will consider targeting strikes at cultural institutions in in Iran. Remember, he says that. So the the professor goes on to Facebook and says, "My advice is that in retaliation, the Ayatollah." in Iran should tweet a list of 52 sites of beloved American cultural heritage that he would bomb, that he would bomb. How about the Mall of America? How about the Kardashian residence? So you know, he posts this in response to President Trump's tweet. So his line is, I was joking. It was tongue-in-cheek when I suggested that Iran should bomb, you know, the Mall of America. Well, all right, he, he may have been joking, but some people were not amused by this. So what the college does is they go out and they take a look and they kind of they investigate and they say, yeah, he, he, he did have this post that's up there. And then they say, look, th- this post does not represent the values and culture of the college based on the fact that he did, in fact, post this. He's fired. So they end up firing him. Now, this has a lot of people up in arms. Something called the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education says the professor's post is obvious rhetorical hyperbole, and his termination is an effort to quell criticism on social media is censorship pure and simple. Okay, he and doesn't this guy have a right to freedom of expression? At which point in time, you, you want to just take a stop, and, and this is why this is a teachable moment maybe for a lot of people. Y- yes, you have a right under the First Amendment to say things. You know, the First Amendment talks about government restricting your right to say things. But the truth of the matter is you have a right to say things, but you don't have a right to be free of consequences of what you say. So here you have this professor who comes out, and maybe he's joking, maybe he's not, who exactly knows, but suggests, here, what, you, you should bomb the Mall of America. Um, okay, some people don't find that funny, you know, even if it is meant with a touch of, again, irony or hyperbole or whatever. And because he's an employee at a private college, they fire him. And you know what? They had every right to fire him. This wasn't a protected sort of comment. He has the right to express his opinion. He thinks he's got the right to be clever, etc., etc. But the consequences that come with the exercise of his First Amendment privilege. So maybe this is one of these, again, teachable moments, even for teachers, that... I don't know if you're talking about bombing places in the United States, regardless of what your intent is, not funny. When we come back, well, lots of stuff, including should we get out of Iraq? What about these new job numbers and what does it mean for politics? And a lot of stuff's going to be going on downtown next Tuesday. Do you want to be in the middle of it? Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Boy, it, it, this story, this horrible story from last week involving the, the death the deaths of four people, including two small children, just when you think it can't get worse, it, it gets worse. This is the story involving the... Um, the, the driver, the collision occurred on, on West Townsend Street. And you might remember the story the way it was first reported. Car 
blows through a stop sign, high rate of speed, the driver loses control, ends up slamming into a pole or a tree, spun into, hits into a, spins into a tree. The car is split in half. The driver is a 29-year-old man. His wife is in the car next to him. They've got three children that are in the vehicle. Two of the children are killed. The husband and the wife are killed. And there's a one-year-old infant who survives in critical condition. Just, it's a horrible story all, all along. And if the story could be made worse, it, it has because the, the medical examiner is now releasing the information. And as it turns out, the driver of the vehicle, and they estimate the driver was driving more than 90 miles an hour down Townsend Street when he loses control of the vehicle. Speed limit is 25, so the guy's going 90 in a 25-mile-an-hour zone, and now they say um, he was under the influence of methamphetamine. So, yeah, and there's almost nothing you can say about this. except okay, So here you've got a guy high on meth, driving like a maniac, and and yes, that's how you describe going 90 in a 25-mile-an-hour zone, driving like a maniac with your wife and your three small children in the vehicle, loses control, hits the tree, he's dead, the wife is dead, two of the three kids are, are dead. It's just, if it's possible that something like this could be, could be, Worse, I guess this is what makes it worse, that the fact that, you know, he's high. And I guess somebody just sent me a note saying that they were engaged, they weren't married. But he was the father of the the kids that were there. Four people dead because somebody chooses to get themselves, in this case, high on methamphetamine and drive like a maniac. And it's just you kind of shake your head and and you say, okay, it's, it's one thing. Again, if you make the decision that you're going to get yourself high or you're going to get yourself drunk and you're going to get behind the wheel of the car, and you know it, it's a tragedy if you lose control and you end up killing yourself. But so often when this ends up happening, it, it's not just you. It's the people around you or it's the pedestrian or it's the you know innocent bystander or it's the person in the other car. Incredibly frustrating and I guess perhaps not surprising under the circumstances, but incredibly frustrating. All right. Let us switch gears. Economic numbers out today. And I know a lot of times when we talk about economic numbers, people's eyes glaze over. But here's let me let me give you the bottom line of all this and, and where I want to go with this discussion. Another strong month for the economy. We are in a period of relatively I, I, I we're in a period of solid economic growth, and I think you can make an argument that We, the American economy, is in as strong a place now as it has been any time, certainly over the last 50 years. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, from an economic standpoint, does President Trump deserve credit? Not all the credit, but does he deserve at least some credit for what has been going on in the economy. Grow, if you have money invested in the stock market, whether individually or in 401k accounts, in all likelihood, unless you have a really bad financial advisor or trying to do it yourself, in, in all likelihood, you have made a bunch of money over the last several years. From the perspective of, of jobs, 
we're at a point now where we are very close to structural unemployment. I mean, but structural unemployment is is there's always going to be some people who are between jobs, for example. You know, maybe you've you've given notice at your one job and you're not starting the job for the next six weeks or something. We are very, very close to structural unemployment in, in this country, meaning that almost anybody who wants a job can find a job. And employers have been creating jobs month after month, year after year. Matter of fact, the only reason why perhaps more jobs haven't been created is the fact that employers can't find people to fill the jobs. Does Trump deserve credit for this? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. And my answer is, of course he does. I mean, of, of course he does. Is he responsible for, does he get all the credit? No, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. But but we are living in a time of, I think, perhaps unparalleled economic growth. And, and yeah, I, I think that a lot of that comes from the leadership of a president. I understand some people are foaming at the mouth when they hear me say that, but it's just it's just the reality. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Does he deserve credit for all the good things that are going on in the economy? Here's the numbers that just came out today. The economy added 145,000 jobs last month. That was slightly below where experts thought. They said they think it's going to be 160,000. But bottom line is, this is, again, the, the steady economic growth. Um, what you had is unemployment stayed at 3.5%. That is a 50-year low. It's a 50-year low. And we've just had the 10th straight year of payroll gains. Private sector wages advanced 2.9% from a year earlier. Okay, now, that, that's that's not necessarily a huge gain, but it's certainly a, a gain. And as I was saying just a moment ago, a lot of people believe that the wage, that the certainly the employment numbers, the job creation numbers would have been even stronger, except employers can't find people to work. All right. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When Bill Clinton was running for office, the big saying was, it's the economy stupid. In other words, meaning the economy, at the end of the day, people care about all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, people vote their pocketbooks. People vote their wallets. If people feel secure in their jobs, if they believe that the economy is going in the right direction, if they like the status of their bank accounts, if they believe their retirement funds are going up, they tend not to want to change horses in midstream. Is that going to be any different this year? And my answer would be, I don't see how it can. We discuss. If you're on the line, please hold on. We'll get to you. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back with more in just a moment. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with William in South Milwaukee. Hi, William. Hey, uh, how, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you. Okay. I mean, this, uh, the, these economic numbers are, are great. They continue to be great. We've seen, you know, unprecedented economic growth over the last decade. Does Donald Trump deserve some credit for that? Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. 
uh, from a personal perspective, uh, he said that when he became president, he's done everything that he said he was going to do for the economy. And uh, for the company I work for, I'm not going to mention their name, but I am a blue-collar worker. I am a, uh, an industrial mechanic. And in the last four years, and, I'm, and this is crazy, but I've, there were so many advances for our company that I actually was able to move up in the management position and uh, mm -hmm. because of all the great opportunities that we've had there. Now, in the previous years beforehand, you know, when, when things were getting tight and stuff and we had some hiring freezes and stuff like that, but now we can't find enough people to, yeah. uh, to fill our roles. We, we have so many openings at the company I work for that we were doing job fairs and stuff. In previous years, we never even considered that. Right. So, yes, I absolutely agree with you with uh, Mr. President Trump being in office. Well, he, he yeah. got, you, you, I think, I mean, you, you can't have it both ways. Now, let me back up for a minute. All right. There, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, running um, in 1980. Jimmy Carter, the economy was in the tank. Inflation had skyrocketed. The economy has nosedived. You know, Reagan was, well, he's just a movie actor, et cetera, et cetera. They had one debate, only one debate. It was a week before the election. And there, there, there's no question. I think everybody agrees that Ronald Reagan mopped the floor with Jimmy Carter during that debate. And the most memorable moment of that debate is probably when Ronald Reagan asked what has been a, a central question that I think candidates have kept in mind since that time. He, he simply he addressed the American public and he said, Here's the, the question. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Is there more or less employment than there was four years ago, et cetera, et cetera? But are you better off today than you were four years ago? And overwhelmingly, people answered that question, no, and they decided to make a change. I think that this is the reverse of that that's playing out. If you ask most people, are you better off today than you were four years ago, the answer is going to be, yeah, yeah, we, we, we are. Jobs have stabilized. The economy is a lot stronger. You've had much more economic growth. Now, am I saying that things are perfect? Well, of course not. Are there still pockets of unemployment around this area? Of course there are. Would you like to see wage growth be higher? Yes. Are there some people that are stuck in jobs that they would prefer to have other better jobs? Absolutely. A absolutely. So, I mean, things can always be better. But are you better off today than you were four years ago from an economic perspective? And my guess is most people are going to answer that question, yes. Let's talk to Al. Al, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Al. Uh, <clears throat> stop thinking like a Republican for just a minute and listen to me. Uh, the Republican, uh, their battle cry is, look at the stock market and how it's grown. Now, I'm going to quote uh, these things from the Department of Labor, Jeff. Seventy percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Sixty-five percent of Americans don't have $400 for an emergency. 60% of people don't have retirement plans. Steel companies are losing and are closing monthly. This is, this is the economy, not the stock market. Well, okay, let me give you the other ones. <clears throat> the economy added 145,000 jobs last month, employment at a 50-year low. 
Um, you just had another month of payroll gains, 10th straight year of payroll gains for all of last I don't year. That. You don't believe it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the no. Labor Department numbers. 10th straight year, payroll gains, private payrolls, longest stretch in 80 years. Private sector wages advanced 2.9%. For all of last year, employers added 2.1 million jobs. Now, that's less than last year's, which was 2.68 million, but um, you know, major league job growth. So you look at those numbers and you say, no, we're not doing that well? Yeah, I'm, I just you didn't listen to what I said. I did. I listened to everything. I know. I listened to everything you said, and then I gave you a response, and you're ignoring it. I mean, you, you've got you've no. Got I'm not ignoring it. Got, I'm just repeating. I'm just repeating what I told you in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Well, I understand, I, and I heard what you said in the first place. You've got Americans that are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, yes, I, undoubtedly there are some that are. There's no question about it. Uh, but at the same time, by objective measures, you have more people working now than ever. You have job creation that is unprecedented. You've had this in sustained. Now, are there are there issues? And I guess I the bottom line is anybody that wants a job nowadays can find a job if they if they want it. Now, it might not be the perfect job. And are there some Americans which are out there who are struggling, who have to make work a couple jobs to make ends meet? A- absolutely. I, I understand that. But if you're going to try to seriously sell the idea that this is a bad economy, well, I mean, all right, you, you take your numbers, I'll, I'll take mine, and we see where we end up. Let's talk to Scott in Greendale. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Jeff, great topic. I just want to make this point, and then I'm going to hang up, and i got to take a deep breath because that previous caller really upset me. Donald Trump is the president of the United States, and he is partially responsible for setting the policy and helping to escape or, if you will, to create a scope for macroeconomics throughout the United States of America. He can create the opportunities for you and me to go work. But this gentleman is talking about these statistics. Donald Trump cannot force you to get off your rear end and go out and get a job. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump cannot force you to take advantage of the company's 401k. Donald Trump cannot force you to go out and save for a rainy day fund. So those statistics, in my eyes, have nothing to do with the general health of the macro scape, if you will, of the economy of the United States. The rest is up to you. Okay, yeah, I'm the, done there. No, well, I mean, again, yeah, th- th- that's it. Look, I, I mean, are there people that are out there that are underemployed? Of, of course there are. Uh, of, but there's always going to be, be, be people that are underemployed. But if you look at the objective numbers that are out there and you look at the fact that now, you know, pretty much anybody, like I say, who wants a job can end up getting a job. You have to the extent that not enough people that there is still unemployment. A lot of it's because the employers can't find people that are qualified to do it. Now, I don't think the president deserves all the credit for this. I, I don't. There's a lot of factors that go in. But I think you can cannot divorce the president and his policies from the economic growth. And I guess my fundamental question to you is just like Ronald Reagan asked back in 1980, right, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Now, some people are texting me saying, well, that's not the question. It doesn't matter how we're doing economically. You know, we, we don't like the foreign policy or we don't like the fact that we think he's a crook. Oh, okay, that that's fine. But 
Now, a fundamental question is, economically, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And my guess is most people, not everybody, but most people are going to answer that question in the affirmative. Back with more in just a minute. One of our earlier callers was saying, well, Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and this is an indication there's a problem. Now, I'm not sure what study he was looking at. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at a study done by Charles Schwab, and keep in mind, they're trying to get people to invest. And it ties into what our last caller was saying, that, you know, if, okay, if you if you want to avoid living paycheck to paycheck, you got to have some forced savings and stuff like that. And it says that based on a survey that Schwab did, let's see, 60%, 59%, say they live paycheck to paycheck. Um Nearly half of the survey participants participants said they carry credit card debt and struggle to keep up with payments. All right, so that's fine. Then it also finds that despite the fact that the majority of Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck, the average person spends $483 per month on non-essential expenses. Now, the purpose, of course, behind this study is they're saying, okay, you know, if, if you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck, what you have to do is, you know, invest with Charles Schwab. I think that's kind of the implication of that, which, again, I... I understand that there's going to be individual situations and things like that, but if you just look at the macro numbers, what you see is is success in the economy. So very glad to have you with us. All right, we, we got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up in this area over just the course of the next couple of days. Matter of fact, as you look forward in 2020, uh, th- this. It's an amazing time to be living in the state of Wisconsin. You you have the Democratic National Convention that's coming in July, and that that's a big deal. Look, I don't care what your politics are. That's a big deal. It's going to be great for not just the city of Milwaukee, but it's going to be great for the region. And for several days, we're going to be the political epicenter of, of the country, maybe of the world, especially if – the Democratic nominee for president isn't decided. Now, I, I don't know how things are going to play out, but I, I think given all the candidates that are out there, given the fact that there's pretty, I think, large splits ideologically between a number of the candidates, and given the fact that a lot of these candidates, I, I think, are, are in it for the long term. I mean, I don't. Do you see Bernie Sanders just folding his tent and, and, and quitting? I, I don't. Even if he underperforms in some early primaries, I don't. Elizabeth Warren, the same thing. Joe Biden, the same thing. Michael Bloomberg, who's already spending hundreds of millions of dollars. What's the story we had the other day? He, he's, he, he spent $10 million on a Super Bowl ad, a 60-second Super Bowl ad, $10 million. That tells you that, I mean, you have somebody who has virtually unlimited resources. I mean, I think he's going to be in it. I, You know, who knows how things are going to play out. But certainly you've got the Democratic National Convention. You've got the Ryder Cup, which is going to be coming in uh, what's August or September. Uh, September, I believe. You know, that's going to be incredible. In early April, you're going to have the primary election for president in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, of course, being a key state. So there's going to be all sorts of attention there. And the reality is nobody can certainly I don't I think President Trump, if President Trump is reelected, he certainly needs to carry Wisconsin like he did before. Is, Is it possible he could win without Wisconsin? It's possible but not necessarily that likely, at least in my opinion. So you know this is going to be a battleground state for President Trump, and you know 
you know, Democrats are going to be treating this as a battleground state as well. Is it possible for a Democrat to win without carrying Wisconsin? Yeah, it is. But again, it, it becomes kind of a tougher roadmap that's out there. So we're going to be not just um, in July when you have the Democratic National Convention here. We're going to be the epicenter of a lot of stuff. And it, it just it's a it's a cool time. And a lot of it's this kind of starts next Tuesday night, January 14th. Now, down in the Deer District, if you haven't been following this, you've got two things that are going to be going on at once. You've got the, the Bucks, NBA best record Bucks. They are going to be at home, 7 o'clock game, sold out 17-plus thousand people at Fiserv Forum uh, for a game against the New York Knicks. Now, New York's not a great team. New York might be the worst team in the NBA, but still, it, it's a Bucks game. Bucks home game. Bucks have been on the road. This is their first home game you know, after their, their West Coast road swing. Sold out already, so you're going to have 17-plus thousand people there. Four blocks to the south at the... The Milwaukee Arena, now they call it the UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena, you're going to have a, a, a Trump rally. The president is going to be in town. They estimate that you can get about oh, 8,500 people in the Milwaukee Panther Arena. And you know, tickets are available now for, for free. And you know, as a matter of fact, they're running ads on, on this radio station, and I presume on others, saying you got the rally. This is what you can do to if, if you want to come to the rally. I know the Waukesha County Republican Party is having a viewing thing out at their headquarters. I got a couple announcements of that where they're going to have it on a big screen in case people don't want to go downtown. But you're going to have probably like 8,000 plus people. The doors to that open at three o'clock. So people are going to be standing in line. The event starts at seven. Uh, Doors open at three, but the event starts at seven. So you're going to have thousands and thousands of people there. I presume that you're also going to have protesters. That would be my guess as well. I don't know how many of those are going to show up, but in that in, in that, that Deer District area, that space of about four blocks or so, 17,000-plus people coming to the Bucks game. Let, let's say eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people going to the arena for the Trump event. And, of course, whenever the president is in town, you've always got the issues on the roadways where, you know, they, they close the freeway, they close the roads, all that type of stuff. It's it's going to be now. On the one hand, you could be say you could say, well, from a people perspective, it's a hot mess because you're going to have all these people coming from all these different areas, and it's going to be a pain in the butt to get here or there or wherever. So you could look at it as it being a hot mess. You could look at it, on the other hand, as being this is something really cool and an amazing part of history. And if you want to talk about you know a vibe with all sorts of energy, where you've got politics and you've got basketball and all that sort of stuff going on, it, it's it's going to be happening in downtown Milwaukee next Tuesday. One segment, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Are you interested in going to the Trump rally? And is this something that you think would be fun to attend, understanding that you're going to be in the middle of a huge number of people and it's going to be a hassle to get there and who knows what the roadways are going to be like and Lord knows where you're going to park and, of course, it's January in Wisconsin, and there's going to be snow on the ground and all that type of stuff. Are you excited about going, or is this one that, you know, given everything, given the fact it's downtown Milwaukee, given the fact that you've got the Bucks game here, this is something that maybe it's best to sit out? I, I asked this question because 
I was um, talking to somebody the other day who has tickets to the Bucks game. Go has, has a is a season ticket holder. Goes to a lot of the Bucks games, and we were talking about you know all the stuff going on. And actually, he said, you know, I, I'm I'm a huge Bucks fan, but I think maybe. Given all this stuff that's going on, maybe maybe this is one of the games where I just might end up giving my tickets away. Not because I don't want to necessarily see the game, but just because the hassle factor here could be huge. Is the hassle factor so great that it might stop you from either attending the Bucks game or going to the Trump rally? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. We are back next Tuesday night. I got a picture of this. It's going to be cold. Not not unbearably cold, but going to be cold. You know that there's going to be all sorts of snow on the ground because the snow we're going to get tomorrow and tonight and tomorrow isn't going to be gone by, by Tuesday. Down at the Deer District, Fiserv Forum running to the Milwaukee Panther Arena in that, what, four-block radius or so. 17,000 people going to the Bucks game. The Donald Trump rally starts at 7, doors open at 3. The arena... It can hold 8,500 or so people. So it's 17,000, 8,500, 25,500 plus protesters, plus hangers on, plus people just going to see the show, plus Secret Service and all that. You're, you're talking about a ton of people that are there. It's going to be a happening area. You know, I don't think that, I don't think that that's going to keep too many people away from either the Bucks game or the Trump rally. Let's start with Thomas. Thomas, you're on WTMJ. Well, hi, Chet. Um, I just want to say I would love I would love to go to the rally, but um, I I drive semi. I, I've only been doing it for six months now. I'm 56 years old. Was an IT guy for 25 years, but I got um, released after resigning because I was a Trump supporter. Okay, <laughs> and so I'm I'm doing a bucket list thing. I always wanted to drive truck. Great job. I love it. I I love our president. I mean this. I've had I've seen a lot of presidents go through the system, and it was always like voting for which which one is the least evil, who's mm-hmm. going to do the least amount of damage to my wallet, my bank account. Mm-hmm. And President Trump, when he started talking, I'm like, boom! I can listen. I I understand what he's saying. Okay, so are you, are, you, are you coming down on Tuesday for the rally, or are you going to just kind of stay away? I I would love to, like I said, but it's I got a, I got a feeling I'm going to be down in Kentucky picking up some alcohol to bring back to us Wisconsinite. Okay, well, thanks to call Thomas. I mean, then you you get you get you get the pass. Then Jeff, we will be coming down for the game from Fond du Lac. We still plan on going to the game. We will leave a little bit earlier. Yeah, I think that that's. Um, I, I think that that's um, I, that would be good advice. Um, Jeff, I'm going to be voting for President Trump, but I'm going to be avoiding that area like a zombie plague uh, that day. I'm also glad I don't have Bucks tickets for that night. Well, that's one way to look at it because it's clearly going to be a hassle. Look, there, there's going to be lines. You know there's going to be that. But at the same time, there, there's this incredible vibe that's there. Jeff, I bought Bucks tickets for my son's Christmas gift. We're going. I guess we'll just have to be mentally prepared for a mess. Laugh out loud. Well, mess. Just, just there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be there. Micah in McGuanago, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, thank you. I am definitely going to the rally with a few of my friends. And even though it's going to be a hassle getting the parking spot, which I already have reserved, walking there just to show our support for the president for what he's done for our country, protecting us, keeping us mm-hmm. safe, keeping our freedoms. 
I'm game. Have you ever been to a Trump rally before? I have not. Okay, so you're kind of you're you're kind of curious. See, I, I haven't either, and that's um, I am kind of curious. It would be sort of interesting to see what it's like. You know, from from the ground. I mean, is it because re- you, you get an idea of what these things are like, you know, when you watch them on TV or listen to the coverage on the radio. But my guess is being there in person, it's, it's a it's a whole different sort of animal. Yeah. And I'm wondering, though, the only thing I'm towing around with is, OK, what time do I leave? I, I don't want to miss a half extra half day of work by being there at nine. But I don't want right. to wait in the lines for hours and hours and then not get in yeah and i don't have a thanks to call mike i don't have a sense of that they say the, the rally starts at seven but doors open at three you know that that's what the, you know, that, that's that's all the news that that i have on this and i i do think it's one of those things regardless of whether you're going to go see the bucks play or you're going to go to the rally again you gotta understand if, if you haven't been to this play area before that the whole deer district very very cool but we're talking about again within a very very confined space because you've got you know the you've got Fiserv and then you've got the area where the the Bradley Center which is now torn down used to be and then then you've got the Panther Arena and so i mean it's about four blocks and that's th- that's it so you know there's going to be a ton of people that are going to be down there. And my guess is a lot of people that are going to be parking, they're going to be parking a ways away, and they're going to be walking. Kathy, Kathy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. What do you think? I have had the tickets for the rally for three weeks. I want to go, but I'm going to have to say no to this one. Trump is my man. He's my president, and I will vote for him. He'll be back in Wisconsin in the area mm-hmm. again. Okay, um, so why so why are you going to down there? So why are you going to pass too just because people. of too many people? Got it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah too what? many people. If the bucks weren't down there, it'd be a different story. And I haven't been downtown for many, many years. Well, that is, you know, I'm, but, getting, uh, I'm getting a number of texts. A lot of people say, oh, I wish this was a state fair park because it's easier to get to. Yeah, I, I think, you yeah. know, there, there are there are folks that are reluctant to drive into the heart of downtown and just because they haven't done yeah. it or whatever. No, I no thanks. I, I appreciate that. I And I wonder, I, I do wonder, there, there are going to be other Trump rallies. There's no question. My guess is the president's going to be here. My guess is he's going to camp out here because, again, as we were talking about earlier, Wisconsin is, is a key state if President Trump's going to be reelected. And, you know, you've, you've got, you know, a, a Tuesday in January. But at the same time, if you're not reluctant to drive downtown, I'm, I just, just like I'm geared, I'm geared up for the Democratic National Convention because, I, I mean, I think it's going to be just if you're a student of history and if you care about regardless of who you're going to vote for or whatever – the, the, these events are historic. The opportunity to see the President of the United States doesn't come around every day, regardless of who the President of the United States is. The opportunity to host the nominating convention of a major political party, even if it's not your major your political party, it's it's an incredible opportunity. And you know, and again, like I say, on on a night like like Tuesday night, Milwaukee is in many respects the epicenter of uh, again the political world. And again, you've got it, you know, the heart of the sports world as well. A lot of text. Jeff, I would love to go to the Trump rally, but I hate going downtown. Wish it was, was at State Fair Park. My guess is that there, uh, my guess is that there might be a 
you know, another one along those lines. Jeff, I went to one of Trump's rallies back in 2015 when he was in Wisconsin. It was a great time. I will be attending this one along with a couple of my siblings. Hey, the family that hangs out does that. Jeff, my husband and I and my kids were all going to the rally. Yeah, there, there's been some speculation about, well, maybe do they have – you know, they, do they have attendance issues? I don't think so. I, they're, they're, trust me, there's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are there. Jeff, I have Bucks tickets. I'd rather go see Trump. Well, but you've got those investments in the tickets. It, it's it's going to be very, very cool. There, there's just no question about it. Sports, politics all merge in a four-block radius. And it's going to be kind of interesting because that's... What you're going to be seeing going on Tuesday, I think, is a precursor to what you're going to be seeing going on, well, many times during the course of, of the year and certainly in July uh, when the Democrats come to for their nominating convention. Fun times if you're a, st- a student of current events. This is Jeff Wagner. And this is Jeff Wagner. So, Jordan, you were telling me during the break that uh, a couple of years ago you were you attended as a as, as an attendee, not as a member of the media. You attended a Trump rally? I did. Yeah, when I was in college, I went with some friends, and uh, we went to. Well, first it was the taping of the Sean Hannity show at the Paps Theater, right? And of course, President Trump, well, candidate Trump, then was a guest, and then after that, he had a rally at the Milwaukee Theater. The Milwaukee Theater, yeah, okay, and, right. Uh, so a smaller one. It, you, it, we're not talking. I mean, the Milwaukee Theater doesn't seat. Eight, eight or ten thousand people it's a couple thousand people. yeah it was smaller but still he had a lot of energy there was a lot of people there and i mean just like i said his energy was just amazing was it entertaining did it you was have, really did entertaining you have fun? yeah yeah see, that, everybody. see that's that's you know that's what this would be and i'm trying to step back from politics now but if you you, you are you're going to have a chance whether it's Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or whatever, we are going to have multiple chances in Wisconsin over the course of the next several months, particularly certainly between now and and April, because that's when the presidential primary is for Democrats. So my guess is over the course of the next three, four months, you're going to have, well, I guess three since the primary is in early April, you're going to have, you're going to have a ton of Democratic candidates who are coming to town to have rallies. And, And it's... If, again, regardless of what your politics are, if you get a chance, if you're a political junkie like I am, and you get a chance to attend these rallies, they're, they're fun. People are there's a lot of them have have excitement and they have an edge. I, I think Donald Trump rallies are an entity in and of themselves, and and you get an impression of them over the media. And of course, the media always highlights you know some of the more extreme sort of behavior. I, I don't know that I think that that's necessarily fair about everything that, that goes on, but I think it's going to be fascinating. And so you're going to have an opportunity to attend these various rallies. And then once the Democrats have their nominee and once we get into the fall, I, I guarantee you there's going to be all sorts of opportunities to go to other political rallies. And it's if if you care about the country, and again, I don't care where you are, which side you're on, it, it's just it's great theater. And it's one of the things I, I think our democratic process and the fact that we get to make choices, it's one of the things that I think makes America great. So take advantage of it, because I will tell you the way the Electoral College is set up, there are some states that don't even get a whiff of a presidential candidate. OK, you know, somebody might go to California to raise a little bit of money or go to New York to raise a little bit of money, but they're not spending lots of time campaigning there because it, it, it's a lock here in Wisconsin. You know, we're we're going to have all the candidates here. So go see them. Even if you know who you're going to vote for, it's still great political theater. It's tremendous entertainment. Take advantage of the chance. 
Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Okay, Melissa Barclay, I've got a why question for you. During the, uh, the break, I was checking my, my Twitter feed, which mm-hmm. is something I probably shouldn't do. But I'm tw- And there's all these tweets about the, the, the Packers game on Sunday night, 540 or whatever. You can hear it here on News Radio 620 WTMJ. The, 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 there's tickets available. Apparently what happened is the, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they, they get a X number of tickets that are allotted to them, mm-hmm. and they, they didn't come close to selling their allotments. So those tickets were released. Bottom line of this is that on the secondary market, the you, you can get you can at least according to some reports you can get tickets for below face value. Oh, really? Um, for mm-hmm. for the games, and there's all this speculation on Twitter and stuff and social media about what why why is this? Are Packers fans not interested in this type of stuff? Okay, do you have a theory as to why? If if you can still get tickets on the secondary market at, at face value or maybe even less, do you know why that is? Well, I would say because of the snowstorm. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that would be common Absolutely. knowledge. That's I, just kind of what you think. Well, right. No, you're exactly right. You got <laughs> yeah. it in one. No, I mean, I'm, I'm and I'm looking at all this thing. Oh, does this mean that Packer fans don't hmm. care about the team? No, no of that's not. not. <laughs> it's just that there's, there's I, I think, to the extent that's yeah. happening, there's people that are looking at this, and especially if you have to go a little ways, they're sitting there saying, okay, well, do do I want to, given sure. what the forecast is on Saturday and Sunday morning, Morning, and given the fact that, you know, they're predicting temperatures in the 20s, which isn't bad, but winds that might be, you know, it's going to be cold and it's a Sunday. Let's, Sounds let's, so attractive, Jeff. Well, <laughs> I'm going. You know, well, we're, no, I yeah, mean, we're for going. people that are yeah, yeah, here but, already. Yeah. But. but no, but it, it's also, um, you know, I, I think there's there's just some of the, some folks that are sitting there thinking, OK, well, is it worth the hassle? Also, I think for attendance purposes, that Sunday night game is the least desirable. That's, you know, that's a good point there. I wasn't really thinking that. And, you know, I was thinking mainly the weather. Yeah, no, but, I think you're um, right. But yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a good point. Well, I mean, it, it, it's because, I mean, let it, look, it, it's, it's easier. We're, my plans are we're, we're going up, we're, we're taking a, a bus. From that's a, a smart place. idea. Well, right, right. We're, we're, taking, we're taking a bus. But even at that, you don't get back till, okay, 6 o'clock. Let's say it's a three-plus hour game, 9. It leaves 45 minutes, 10. I mean, I'm probably not going to be home till after midnight. I yeah. mean, that's just... And and for a lot of people, it's it's okay for me because I don't have to be on the air till noon on Monday. But a lot of people who have to be at work Monday morning, that's that's a tough no, slog. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, that's a tough slog. So I mean, I do think that, like playing that late game. I, I mean, maybe from a viewer perspective, you know, it, it's attractive. But for an attendance perspective, I think it's less attractive. Well, and I think when you look at it weather wise, yeah. Green Bay is known as the frozen tundra. So this kind of goes into getting prepared to go into you know winter weather, and you're watching a Packers game. So it kind of go. I don't know. It's kind of um, not that you'd want to do it all the time, but get your hand warmers, get your coat and your blankets. And okay, if you're asking me, Jeff, would you would you rather go to the game and sit in the snow in twenty degree temperature and twenty mile an hour well, winds, or would you rather go and it's seventy degrees shirt sleeves? I'm sorry, pal. pal I'm not, sorry, pal. I'm 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 taking the, the warmer weather. But about I, the hot chocolate. Well, no, I I think I mean yeah. it is. It's we've we've got all our preparations yeah. and we got I've got the fleece line jeans and stuff like that. And no, and I, I think it'll be. It'll be fun, yeah. and and it, you know the the other thing too at Lambeau Field is worst case scenario, 
is if it gets just too unbearably cold, well, then you just go into the atrium. That's you know, true. You, you, can yeah, always, exactly. you can always go back. You go into the atrium, and that's warm, and you watch it on a big screen TV. Now, I'm not that, that's not the principal and out driving thing, but if it gets really miserable, you right. always have that option that's, that's available Well, you have to a you. 1919 kitchen and tap right at the top there. You could potentially go in there and watch I'm not sure. Can you get into yeah, I don't think you can get into that unless you're in the club level. I don't. I'm oh, not sure. really? I think I, that's I think a, just might, a general restaurant that I've but, been to. Oh, yeah, maybe but, during, but during the, the game, game. I think you need uh, the special seats. But you can get gotcha, it. You, there, yeah. There's things. But I mean, I mean, I'm not planning on doing that. But I, again, I'm looking at all this speculation. Oh, this is it. People don't care about the Packers and the Seahawks. And no, that's people, not it. No, yeah. absolutely. No, there, there's huge interest in in this game. It's just, you know, the, the weather is a little bit off putting for some people. But my plan. My plan is to be there. Matter of fact, I'm going to go down. I don't physically have the tickets yet. I'm going to go, I think, and pick them up tonight after work. So I physically have them. Well, I'm not. I'll be watching it in a bar over here in Milwaukee. But send, put some pictures out on Twitter. I always like your photos. Oh, put, so. put, put, put some Twitter. Put some, it's the photos yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. I mean, Twitter. Oh, Fran's going there with me. Oh, so good. we're going to, she's only been to one other game. And so, and, and the best part is, you know, we're, we're sitting in the bleachers, so there's benches, and she's little. Yeah. So, oh, you know, yeah. and, and so. You know, we, you know, she doesn't take up as much room as perhaps some people do. Are so. you bringing your butt cushion so your tushy doesn't we're, get cold? We're bringing a. Um, <laughs> we're bringing a. Matter of fact, I I bought, I purchased a one of these giant thermal blankets. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're, we're going to do that. And and I, I was checking the carry on carry in rules, and yeah. you can carry in the blanket. As long as you, as long as you're just holding the blanket, I, the way I read the rule, I can't put it in like the blanket holding case. But I, if I'm carrying the blanket loosely, I can carry it in. So I'm carrying in my. Then blanket. you're good, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. But uh, bottom line is, if you're thinking about going, um, I think you can still get a deal on some of the tickets because some people are being scared off by the weather. Don't be scared off by the weather. When we come back, if you had more choice. Would it make you more likely to use the service? I will explain. Stick around. We're back. Happy Friday, everybody. Here's the deal. Verizon. Verizon that that offers high-speed Internet, and in some markets they offer what I'm going to call cable TV. You know, the, the, the equivalent, whether it's satellite or cable, you know, Verizon will offer, you know, a traditional package, channels and things of the like. Verizon also offers home Internet service, and they also, in addition to the TV channels, kind of what I'm going to describe again is the, the, the sort of cable operation, they also offer, you know, phone service as well. They like Spectrum around here, bundle things. So the idea is they want you to buy the cable package, and then they want you to buy the Internet package, and they want you to buy this phone package, and they put it all together, and they give you a, a certain rate. Now, when it comes to the TV package, what happens is they offer you, or at least they have offered you, you know, various plans. You can get, like, the basic cable package where you have X number of channels. And then if you want the more advanced package, you pay extra. And then if you want the super package, you pay extra on top of that. But you don't get your choice as to what channels you're going to get. In other words, you can't you can't say, look, there's only 10 channels on cable I watch. I want to just get those 10 channels. I don't care about the Home and Garden Network, not to pick on the Home and Garden Network, but I, I don't care about that. I don't care about the History Channel. I don't care about this or that or the other thing. But in, in the way 
cable TV, satellite TV works traditionally is you, you, you have to buy these bundled services. So if you want, again, basic sort of cable things, maybe you, there's like three or four channels that are very important to you that you want, the ones that you watch all the time, but you don't get those separately. You get them bunched with a whole bunch of other channels. And so you're like thinking, why am I paying money for all these channels that I'm never going to watch. Cable TV and satellite TV providers have been having a huge problem over the years as more and more people have, quote, unquote, cut the cord, you know, gotten rid of the cable and gone to, I don't know, some of the the streaming services that they have. Okay, you, you sign up for Netflix, for example, you get Netflix that's in there, so you get all the different stuff that's on Netflix, and then maybe you couple that with something else that gives you, you know, a limited number of on-air channels. In order to kind of compete and try to stop the the cord cutting, Verizon is announcing that they're coming out with a, a new way of approaching this, which has to do with with the the bundles. And, and what they're going to do is they're going to um, allow people to pick the channels that they, they want. They'll offer customers an average of 125 channels. Okay, so what they're going to say is, okay, these are your choices, but you can identify five as your favorites. And the rest of the channels that you're going to get are going to be based on these preferences, and you can adjust your favorites every month. So you're not going to be stuck with 125 channels, 100 of which you don't watch, or 120 of which you don't watch. You can pick, okay, these are my five favorites, and I can get a handful of others around that. And they're doing this as a way of trying to stop people from cutting the cable. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Will this work? If you were given the choice of saying, look, I, I, I want more ability to buy some of these channels a la carte. I, I, want, I want my ESPN. I want my History Channel. I want the Discovery Channel. I want TNT. I want, you know, what TBS, whatever else. I, I want these five or these ten. I'm willing to pay for them, maybe even pay more than I do now individually for them, but I, 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 want, I don't want all the rest. Would that make you more likely to keep your cable? Our number, 855-616-1620, or has the, what's the cliche, the horse left the barn? Are, are we too now ingrained in, okay, we, you, you've got Netflix, and you've got Amazon Prime, and you've got Apple TV. Have streaming services essentially made your traditional cable or satellite TV providers, ha, have they made them, I don't know, horse and buggies? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. <laughs> We're back. Let's start with Mike in Menominee Falls. Hi, Mike. You're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. This is an interesting subject. I'm actually, I've gotten tired of being treated like a football by Spectrum, and my rates keep going up. Right. And the, the quality of the service is fine, but they don't really seem to care. 
about me as a customer. So I am in the process of cutting the cord right now. And they honestly, I've talked to them multiple times. They don't really care that I'm leaving. But the value that I can get by just moving to a streaming uh, service, I can get probably 90% of what I'm currently getting, and it's going to cost me half as much. Right. So if there was an opportunity like this for me to, you know, pick and choose, if, if it would really depend on what the cost would be, I might consider staying with them. But currently in the structure, I'm completely gone. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, thanks for calling me, are, are, a lot of people are, are, are looking at exactly that. Now, stuff is getting very, very complicated when it, it, it comes to this. There's nothing, you know, nothing easy anymore in connection with this because, you know, what, what you see is that, especially with all the competition with the streaming services, it, it's not just like, oh, you go to Netflix and you, you get everything. Well, you got Netflix, and now you've got, again, Amazon Prime that comes if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, and you've got the Apple stuff, and then you've got uh, Disney's going to be rolling out something if they haven't. Maybe they've already done it or they're going to be doing it soon. So now you've got all these different streaming services. It'll have all the different stuff. And so you really have to sit down and try to figure this whole thing out because then you can go to Hulu TV, for example, and you can get some of the stuff. There is still, by by being conventional, and I admit, I, I, I've got, for example, I've got Spectrum at my house. And I'm very happy with the service. Um, I'm, I I. But there's all these channels out there that I find myself channel surfing through. And I, I would say that, and I probably watch a more variety, I, I probably watch more TV than most people do. And I probably watch a wider variety of channels than most people do. But even having said that, I mean, I, my guess is half of the channels that are there, half of the channels that are available to me, I, I don't watch. I, I just don't. Where I'm really looking at moving forward, and I was actually actually sat down with my cable bill uh, th- this month you know, because, you know, we had an introductory rate and the introductory rates has, has lapsed. And so now, you know, the, the costs have gone up and I'm kind of looking at this stuff. Where, where I'm really looking at is I've always had like the premium TV, the premium channels like the HBOs and the, uh, I don't have Cinemax anymore, but HBO and the movie channel and these various things. And and that that adds a, an element of cost to it. And I'm, I'm really kind of asking myself, do I really do I like these? Yes, absolutely. Do I do I need this though? I mean, do I watch it enough to justify what the extra cost is? That's kind of where I'm looking. I'm not ready to cut the cord, but at the same time, I, I do. I mean, these costs are going up and up and up, and I think the more people pay attention to this, the more the cable companies, the satellite providers, are going to have to, I think, consider doing some of this stuff that Verizon is talking about offering people more of what they want, the ability, if not to go to a completely a la carte system, the ability to go closer to that and to be financially rewarded. Um, Jeff, here's a couple texts. Um, I, I think this would be a better idea, but it doesn't show that they learned from their bad pricing practices. Well, I mean, part of that is that for, for a long time, the satellite providers or the cable companies, they were the only game in town. And, and you really didn't have any choice. This was, this was the model. You want a car? Okay, we only make, you know, we're the only ones that make cars and we only make them in black. Okay, well, you're going to get yourself a black car. Well, that's not the case anymore. I mean, now, again, with the Netflix of the world and all the streaming services and all the other stuff that's available over the internet, I, I think that the satellite providers and the cable companies have to figure out a way to adapt or you're going to have more and more people cut the cord. There is a convenience to just being plugged into the wall. No question about it. At some point in time, though, particularly for people who are more and more price conscious, 
that price conscious, that being plugged into the wall, isn't going to make that much difference. It's time now for Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Put aside the heavy lifting and call the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. And now, here is Jeff Wagner. We are back. This is the segment of the program we do. We put aside the heavy lifting like the voice guy says every Friday afternoon at this time, and we talk about something from the pop culture, something that um, I don't know I found of interest during the course of the week. Sometimes it's movies. Sometimes it's books. Sometimes food. Sometimes travel. It depends. Well, of course, there's only one thing going into this weekend besides the weather that people are talking about, and that is the game Sunday night between the Packers and the Seahawks. If the Packers win, they advance to the NFC Conference Finals. It will either be in Green Bay or in San Francisco if San Francisco beats Minnesota on Saturday. As I've been saying all week, I I, I got tickets to the game. I, I had an opportunity to purchase some tickets. These aren't like these are like things that you get from TMJ or something. An opportunity to purchase some tickets, and my best friend, who is hardier than I am, he you know he wanted to go. He goes to a lot of the cold weather games. I tend to be a not a fair weather fan, but a warm weather fan. But he wanted to go, so we're going on Sunday, and and my wife wants to go, so we're we've made arrangements. We're going to go on this bus, and it's my buddy Evan and his son, and it's my wife and I. We're gonna we're gonna go up, and well you know we're gonna take in the game. I lo- it, it look it's going to be a pain in the butt. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a long day. I acknowledge all of that, but at the same time, I'm excited to go because even though there is an advantage to watching, you know, you, you, watching sports from a cocktail lounge or watching sports from your favorite tavern or watching sports from your living room, that that has an appeal. I mean, you know, it's warm. You've got the bathroom that's right around the corner. That, that's all fun. I still say there is nothing like going to a live sporting event. It's a completely different experience than watching things at home. And I admit I'm really excited to go because part of the thing is you never know what it is that you're going to see. I mean, it was a Brewers game this summer. I saw an inside-the-park home run. I have never seen an inside-the-park home run in person. Still never seen a no-hitter in person. But, you know, every time you go to a baseball game, you might see that. Every time you go to, you know, a basketball game, you might see something that you haven't seen. I love going to live sporting events. And I thought... In recognition of the fact that we've got the Packers playoff game coming up on Sunday evening, lots of people are going to be watching it live. I thought on Pop Culture Corner this week, we would talk, I called the segment, you had to be there, and you were. All right, what is the best live sporting event that you ever attended? And you can you can define best however you want. And I guess what I'm really asking is the most memorable one. Was it a a game? Did you see a no-hitter? Did you see Robin Yount's whatever, 1,000th, 3,000th hit? Was that it that stands in your mind? You know, were you there when the Packers won the Super Bowl in Dallas? Were you there when the Packers, you know, won the Super Bowl in New Orleans? What was the best sporting event that you have ever attended? And I say this in anticipation of the fact that maybe, you know, some of the people that are at Lambeau Field on Sunday, maybe some of them after the game will be in a position to say, you know, the best sporting event I ever went to, best thing I was ever there in person was that game on Sunday. All right, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The best sporting event, to find best however you want, that you 
ever attended. What was it? Any sport applies. We discuss in just a moment, and as I always advise people during these segments, call early because our phone lines tend to jam up, and do not overthink. Sometimes people, well, if I say that, you know, will it sound dumb? Nah. Best sporting event, as you're thinking about it, that you have ever attended. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are back with your calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Now back to Take Your Calls. Here's Jeff Wagner. The topic is, you had to be there, and I was. The most memorable, the best sporting event that you have ever attended. 855-616-1620. And this is in anticipation of the Packers game on Sunday that hopefully many of us will say, hey, that's the best game I've ever been to. Let's start with James in Milwaukee. Hi, James. Hey, how you doing? You know, uh, for me, it was, I'm a baseball head, so the, uh, I think it was some, I know it was April, 87, yep. the Juan no-hitter was just, you know, watching that game unfold and the chances that, uh, you know, that you, there was some really close plays. And then to cap it off, the, the Robin Yao running, I mean, you talking about ex- the, the, oh, okay, no, people I, in the stands, I, I, it was just. Right, okay, I got to call, you know, were, were you at that game? Or did you watch on TV? You were. It was in Baltimore. No, I was there. You were in Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. No, because it's that, yeah, that was a road one. Yeah. Absolutely. No. That I remember yep. watching that game on TV, and you're right. Yount making that. He was playing center field and making that laying out to catch the ball to end up winning the game. No. You okay? You yeah. Wanna, it was a phenomenal game. Okay. You want to feel old, James? You know. You know how old uh, Juan Nieves is now. I think he was born in. Uh, 50s, wasn't he? Well, he was born in 65. Well, he, well, he's 55, 55 years old. <laughs> but I, I, oh, it, it seems like that was just yesterday to me, too. <laughs> but it yeah, does. He's, he's 55. We're no, getting old, bro. We're getting old. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. No, no kidding. Well, it beats the alternative. But yeah, I mean, Juan Nieves, he's 55. We're getting old, bro. He's absolutely right. Um, let's talk to Rick. Rick, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, it's kind of actually fitting. My favorite game was the 2007 8. Play, uh, NFL playoff seasons, uh, Packer divisional game against the Seahawks. Um, I refer to the game as the snow globe game. Uh, um, we killed the Seahawks that game. I think we won like, um, it was something uh, around the lines of 42 to 20, but, um, the, the, the huge snowflakes were coming down. Right. Um, it was, it, it was, it, it was a game that put us into the NFC championship the next week, which unfortunately we lost to New York Giants. Right. But that game just had this magic atmosphere up in Lambeau and, uh, it, and, you know, it was, it was just a high scoring. It was a fun game to watch, and, and, and that snow was just incredible. I mean, these flakes were probably three quarters of an inch wide and just sticking to everything. And it was and, just no, a blast. And it's there. cool and right. And, and yeah, if you had been watching the game on television, yeah, you would have seen it, you would have remembered. But by being there in person, you got a completely different feeling for it to the point that it, you know, you remember it like it was yesterday and it was 13 years ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a huge difference. I would watch that game on TV and it would just been another playoff game, but you know, actually being there with the, right. the, the electricity of the crowd and the snow and everything else, it was, it was, it was one of the most memorable sporting events I've been to. And I, I'm a Packer and Badger season ticket holder. And yeah. you know, so I've been to lots of things. Are, are you going to the game on Sunday? No, unfortunately, um, because I have Badger season tickets, I sold my whole season off this year to a friend of mine. (laughs) Got it. Okay, okay, that's okay. I get it. I I understand. I'm just curious. Um, Hagen in Waukesha, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Howdy. Hi. Most memorable sporting event that you were there. 
Yep, I've got two, but the uh, most favorable one was the uh, Bears-Packers-NFC Championship game in Chicago. Oh, the one in the one in Chicago, right? Okay. Um, so you went. You're a Packers fan, I trust. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Uh, so on the on the way to the stadium, on the way to the stadium, uh, my wife and I were uh, wearing very little Packer garb. Um, in fact, each of us only had a hat on. I right. had some camel on, and she had like ski clothes on, and we were getting heckled on the way in. You know, the entire time. And then the game went down. <laughs> Cutler ended up uh, giving up. Right. Raji had an interception for a touchdown. I remember that, yeah. We ended up winning the game. Oh, my goodness. And then on the walk out, um, everyone had to walk out of the stadium to go to the Cavs. It was dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> that, the only right. way that the Packer fans could say anything to each other was if they were. Right. I'm sorry, we lost your cell phone there. But, yeah, okay, let's see. Let's go to a couple texts. Jeff, the first Monday night game after September 11th, Green Bay Packers versus Washington Redskins. It was a magical game at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I vividly remember that. And you had the player whose name is escaping me at the moment, but who uh, you know had been, I think, in the military and comes running out with the American flag. That was spectacular. Okay, let's see. Let's go to um, Bob in Cecil. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Most yeah, memorable my most game. memorable game was uh, the Super Bowl 31 in New Orleans. My wife and I attended. Okay. I'm kicking myself that I never, I didn't go to that. I had a chance to go, and I didn't. And I've been kicking myself all for these, for years and years. I figured, hey, they're going to be back, you know, and I'll, I'll have all sorts of other chances to go. And, um, <laughs> well, we, we yes. Well, that, that, that particular year, it was a week between the NFC playoff uh, championship game and the Super Bowl, and my, we were at the championship game, and my wife says, Bob, we have to go. Well, that's pretty tough to make arrangements, so we left. We got down there, and we had no place to stay, and we had to find some tickets, right. so it was very, uh, very memorable. Oh, no, and, and of course, you had you, you had that great result. I mean, the first Packers Super Bowl since the, the 1960s. You had a great result as well. Right, we couldn't find any tickets, but we went to a bar. Oh, just get ready for the game, and some guy comes up to us and says, "Well, how come you guys are at the game?" I said, "Well, we have no tickets." So he dropped two tickets on us. He says, "Here you go. If you promise not to sell them." So we're at the game. Wow. Okay. And he didn't charge you for them. He just gave them to you. No. I think they're corporate tickets. They had a party upstairs. Oh. And he wanted to give some to somebody, and he thought on me. Wow! Thank, thank you. We, we, you were that, that's clean living there. That's clean living. You know, when we went to, um, I went to the Super Bowl in Dallas a number of years ago, and I was amazed by how many people were down there that did not have tickets. Um, and but they had they had gone with the idea that okay, we're going to try to score tickets, you know, around there. Or if we don't, you know, we'll we'll do exactly what you're talking about. We'll we'll find a bar and we'll we'll end up watching it. Jim and Mequon. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Okay, you were there, the most memorable sporting event. We were both at two All-Star games, which went into a tie. What I don't think we'll ever see a tie again in any baseball game other than that one. And the big catches by Osha in center field, the rain, the roof came in, and it closed the big storm 
it was a memorable night, even though it ended up a tie. It, it was well. If you if you talk to Bud Selig, I, I think he will he will tell you that that's that might be not for necessarily a good way, but that might be one of his most memorable games as well. Because remember, he was the one he was the one that decided to call it as a tie because he said oh, the, the manager said we don't have any more pitchers left or anything. And yeah, you're right. You're never yeah. going to see a tie again. Thanks for the call. That way, and of course, that was that was in Milwaukee. Let's talk to Eric. Eric, you're on WTMJ. Hey, hello. Hey, how you doing? Real well, thank you. The most memorable game that you were ever at? My friends and I were in the left field bleachers at County Stadium opening day against the Yankees. The Brewers are down three, bottom of the ninth. Don Money gets up, bases loaded, full count. It's a grand slam home run, but then the ref had stepped out and called timeout. Oh. <laughs> and the granny was negated. <laughs> you remember what year that uh, was? That would have probably been in the 70s, right? Probably mid to late 70s? Yeah, uh, yep. Definitely about that time. And then uh, I ran into Don Money in Beloit, Wisconsin, when he was managing their right. minor league team at the time at a local bar and kind of reminded him that I was there, and he remembered it. As as I. <laughs> yeah, he probably. Thanks for going. Probably did. You don't get that many chances to hit grand slam home runs in the major leagues. Let's talk to Theodore in Milwaukee. Theodore, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Well, you're really hard to get through. I kept trying to call, and it kept. Um, it sounds like someone was picking up, and then not saying anything. Well, but, Theodore, you have uh, made I it. Think- You've gotten through. Yeah, um, I'm working on the spot too, so Got I'll it. make this quick. Uh, first of all, I. I'm 37 years old. I'm not a big fan of like listening to commentary shows, but ever since the birds game and stuff, I started listening to you almost every day that I drive. Uh, I do remember going to a, a Packers game in the past when I was really little. That was the only time I I went. My my best friend actually got called me yesterday last night and said he's got tickets for for the game Sunday at Lambeau Field. Okay. So this will be my second game in my entire life that I've gone to a Packers game, and I'm looking forward to it. But I also, the the one uh, event that I remember was opening day in 2000. I believe it was 2001 before the 9-11 attacks or whatever. I was working there, a food service company. Miller Park. And I remember Miller me and my friend were running up to the the big, you know, uh, TV that we could see outside right. when George Bush threw the first pitch. Right. So. Yeah. No. Thanks for calling, Theodore. And by the way, thank you for listening and bring home a winner. Yeah, I I remember the opening of Miller Park as well, and we we of course were broadcasting live on TMJ, and one of the things we we got access before they opened it up, and I can remember for the first and only time that I have done this because I was kind of wandering around the stadium before they opened up the gates. I went to the top seat in Miller Park. I went as far as you can go up the right field line in the, the top deck and sat in the most, the the uppermost seat. And I, I tell you, it, it, you can see stuff from there. Now, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay with heights, but would I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I prefer where I sit now. But I, I remember it was open. I think I want to go to the, to the farthest away seat that I could possibly find. And, and I, I ended up, sitting there before people came in. So I, I always remember that opening day, and I do remember how cool Miller Park was. Let's talk to, let's see, Chris. Chris, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, hey, Jeff, how you doing? Real well, thank you. Okay, the most memorable event that you were at? Well, I'm sure as you recall, the 1990 Milwaukee Admirals versus Grand Rapids team <laughs> at the Brandy Center. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of my friends, a bunch of friends from Oshkosh convinced me to skip my night class. We went down there for a game. 
make a long story short, there's like 6,000 fans there probably. They picked out a level, they picked out a section, and they picked the seat out. It was my seat. I went down to go on the ice. They had a limousine out there. I tried climbing over the boards instead of using the gate because there may have been some cocktails involved, and they swooshed me and uh, three of my friends off to Las Vegas uh, for a free trip. You want a trip to Vegas at the Admirals game? Yeah, uh, yeah I, crazy. Well, no, well, thank, again, I, I, look, I, I understand why, why that would be particularly memorable. Okay, I'm sorry, we got jam phone lines. I can't get through them all. And uh, a ton of texts. Miller Park National League Division Championship Game Seventh. Um, game Seven when Woodruff went deep off of Kershaw. You got that one. Packers Raiders game after Favre's father died. Yeah, that was in um, Oakland. But yes, 1999 Rose Bowl taking down ucla that was i mean of course that was as i recall i think that was the first time the the badgers had been back to the rose bowl in oh no 1994 rose bowl had graduated the spring before yeah that was i mean it had been years since they had been there um jeff i was sitting right behind steve barton at the 2003 cubs marlin national league championship series lots of beer dumped on me from angry cub fans until they took bartman out of the stadium but at least i was on espn yeah that was of course where bartman reaches well i mean he he the, he hits the ball, so they don't make the catch, and the Cubs go on to lose. All right, bottom line of all this is that is the cool thing to me, and that's why I love doing these segments. It is the cool thing about live sporting events. If you get a chance, whether it's a Brewers game or a Bucks game or a Marquette game or you know whatever, if you get a chance to go, I, I always say do it. Because no matter how many baseball games or football games or basketball games or hockey games or soccer matches or whatever you've attended, you never know when you're going to be there and you're going to see that special thing happen. Hopefully, we'll have that special thing happen on Sunday and hopefully it will be a good game and hopefully we'll bring home a Packers win. My prediction is, yeah, I think the Packers beat the Seahawks. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll find out what John and Melissa have on their minds. Please stick around. Thanks for participating in Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Tune in next week as Jeff Wagner explores another pop culture topic.